Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Glad to be with y'all today. If you want, you can go ahead, start opening up your app, get the chat app ready, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty of things y'all want to jump in on. There is so much going on state and nationally that I want to try to get to, but I want to talk a bit about Vivek Ramaswamy because for the past couple of days, I've been I've been getting kind of concerned. There is just a ton of evidence out there that he is frequently flip flopping on issues and. So I'm a I'm I'm center right here in South Louisiana. I've gone through Louisiana politics. Y'all know as well as I know that anybody can slap an R on the back of their name and say the right thing up until they get elected and then just do the complete opposite. There are plenty of red flags for Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, at the debate last week, Chris Christie said, I think we're dealing with another type of amateur like Barack Obama. I think Christie is giving too much credit to Ramaswamy there. Barack Obama had something that I think Ramaswamy lacks. Barack Obama had a core set of beliefs when he ran. He was committed to his progressive ideology. He pushed those beliefs. He worked to force those beliefs on America. His core ideology was inflicted on us time after time. When Americans rejected his ideology, he did not suddenly change his mind and say, well, it's the will of the American people. He doubled down and he attacked those who disagreed with his ideology. Joe Biden does the same thing. Barack Obama was relatively new to the scene. He was a newcomer as far as most people knew. He was a state politician very briefly. He was a fe- he was a federal politician very briefly. And then he ran for president, beat Hillary Clinton in the primary and became president of the United States. Some of his ideas did, quote, evolve at times. But for the most part, Barack Obama stuck to his guns with his ideology. There are a lot of Republicans and a lot of conservatives, and I say those two separately, who are questioning or straight up attacking Ramaswamy for not seeming to have a core set of beliefs. He's flip-flopped on a lot of key issues, including the foreign policy ones, which are the ones that bother me most. He's flip-flopped on issues over the years, but also over the last couple months or even weeks. I think Barack Obama was wrong on every level. But at a certain level, I could respect Barack Obama because he had a core set of beliefs and he was fighting for what he thought those beliefs were. He was dead wrong. His policies were wrong for America. 
but Barack Obama was more than just an empty suit. Ramaswamy seems like an empty suit whose voice is actually the voice of, of very loud folks on social media. He's not Barack Obama. He's Kamala Harris. Her entire, though very brief, run for president was driven not by any core set of beliefs on her own. She was a prosecutor at one point, and then she talked about the over-prosecution of blacks in America, but she was responsible for some very strict truancy laws enforcement when she was a prosecutor. She said things that were in no way reflected in previous stances, but she said things that the very loud voices on the internet were calling for. It was a rudderless campaign that allowed her to be essentially metaphorically beheaded on a debate stage by Tulsi Gabbard and then dropping out of the election, really before dropping out of the nomination or the primary before even really the first vote was cast. Even now, Kamala Harris has to stand on her own and her words make no sense. She shares nothing but garbage and gibberish when she speaks. Of course, I try to make that point and then the audio won't work. The governor and I and we were all um, do- the governor and I and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time. when we do- Nobody to this day knows what she said. Now, I chose that, that clip specifically because she was in Sunset, Louisiana when she said it. Because we got to keep it local, folks. But when Vivek Ramaswamy jumps on stage and talks about we need strategic ambiguity when it comes to our policy with top, nobody knows what that means. And he says that after getting blasted for a couple weeks for saying we need to abandon Taiwan. He said that days before he said that he, he, told, he talked about strategic ambiguity on the debate stage. I was there in person. I heard him talk about how we needed how, how, how we needed to become uh, technologically independent. We needed uh, we needed to become independent when it came to superconductors and chips. And once we were and he anticipated that would be about 2029, that's when we would leave Taiwan. And leave them to China. He doubled down on that on stage in Atlanta just days before he went on the stage and said, no, I've never advocated getting uh, abandoning Taiwan. I said we need strategic ambiguity. Whenever he's attacked on a position, he always says, no, I never said that. That's not my words, whatever. He changes. He flip flops so much and he's guided by what he thinks people want to hear. And the people that he is basing his ideas off of are people online. Most Americans 
have no idea what he's talking about when he goes on these rambling, nonsensical, buzzword-filled rants. Kamala Harris, at her core level, seems devoid of any true beliefs. And you can tell that because when she talks, she can't come up with something that makes sense. She talks in circles. Ramaswamy's the same way, except he's better at it. He is... His software has been upgraded, possibly with ChatGPT. We don't know. Vivek Ramaswamy told the New York Post in early August he would be open to evaluating pardons for members of the Biden family in the interest of moving the nation forward. When he was confronted about this, he declared that that statement was trash planted by, quote, the swamp. He either lacks a core set of beliefs or he's willing to discard his ideology at a moment's notice. I want neither of those near the White House. If I were a part of his campaign or in a position to give advice to his campaign... He need, I would tell him he needs to show real substance. He needs to find something that he actually cares about and go all out and defend it. He is super on point when it comes to the woke stuff. He wrote a book about it. But constantly changing, not, not evolving stances on things, not reasoned and rational changes, but just flip-flopping back and forth isn't going to cut it. Americans see through that. And they're, they're not going, ultimately, to move in his direction in mass. Now, he's getting some percentage points here and there and some polling, but that's because he appeals to the political counterculture crowd. He appeals to folks who are already, frankly, in Trump's camp. There's not really any longevity to his current campaign strategy. The Republican Party has good candidates and has good ideas and has a good platform if and when you find the right people to advocate for it. And I'm not sure an empty suit guided by the loudest voices on social media is going to be the guy to best represent the Republicans. 232-1542 is the number. You can send a message through the KPL app chat. We'll take a break. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Or you can send a message to the KPL app chat. Love visiting with you guys there. Uh, Lots of great comments always coming in through there. And on the phones as well because we've got Paul on the line. Paul, how are you today? I'm doing great. I, just real quick on this stuff. I mean, I, Mr. Vivek, I'm not real sure. What, has he always been an R? 
Was he an R before? He was, What's his he was a Soros-funded. I ain't got a clue. He was a Soros-funded intern or something, okay. a fellow or something like that. So, so there is that aspect as well, which a lot of people are very, very hesitant on. Of course. I mean, anybody that touches Soros. I mean, look at all the DAs around Louisiana oh, yeah. and around the United States that that guy's inflicted upon society. I mean, you can't – the whole mess in Los Angeles, California. But, but all these R's – and I heard Moon talking about it. On He was pretty hard on it this morning about – all these uh, former Democrats and, and good old boy network people is what I call them. About. Yeah. Of course, you know, you being from Natchitoches, you've seen it oh, you yeah. know, our whole life. Even the Democrats, they all ran as Democrats in Natchitoches. But, you know, when a Republican got around them, they sounded like Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. you know. But but when the rubber meets the road, they're always going to bail on you. They're going to support the system. I mean, you know, we had Gerald Long and, and of course, the, the, the current the senator. Yeah. Mr. Bernard. I mean, they all Democrats. The one running mm-hmm. from Natchitoches now that that I know fairly well is a great person, but has zero business being the senator. Uh, you've got those situations in South Louisiana that I heard Moon talking about. So, yeah. so you know, start vetting these people just because they got an R beside their name. The R is the new Democrat. It I is. Mean, that's, that is what's happening, and they're and the tent so big now that I can't figure out what some of the R's even stand for. So if, you, if you're embracing these people just because they got an R behind their name, you better think again because those 23 that voted with every Democrat in the House, mm-hmm. I, I'm still astonished. I, I, every time I think of that, I think that's most, maybe the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. So that's the kind of insanity or stupid that you get from R's who are really D's that only run for office so they can uh, get in the trough with the rest of them. Yeah, no, that's... That's absolutely correct. And it's just, it's crazy to me. It, uh, like you said, it's astonishing. But at the same time, like you said, you and I have both been in this long enough to know it's not yeah. really that astonishing either at the same time. It's just no. it, we're, we're disappointed because we're disappointed, I think. But we finally get to drive the train and we find out we're still just in the back. Yeah. You know, and the ones still driving are the same guys that's always been driving it, whether they got D's or R's. And that's where the voters have to start holding these people accountable. You know, you, you know, just because they're the good old boys, you know, it's time to get rid of the good old boys. I don't care what letter they got behind their name. And I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Even in this presidential race, they better be real careful. Uh huh. Because I'm, because if, if it's somebody like Chris Christie, and I know he's not gonna be at the top of the ticket, but, and I, and I will bet you every penny I have right now that the Bidens, I'm not the Bidens, the the uh, Romneys, the Bushes, the McCains. The Huntsmans, the Steels. I mean, this guy was chairman of the Republican Party. I will bet you everything I've got in my pocket right now, every one of those people and their groups, their families, every last one of them voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. probably not wrong. So, no, I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> I've been around it too long. I've seen how it works. I know it's not wrong. It's the only thing that explains the Republican Party with Mitch McConnell and, and, the, and that, that establishment wing of the party yeah. that – that I think they still think they're playing by the same rules that we used to play by, and uh, and and I don't think we do anymore. I think we're seeing a whole different animal. The, the whole weaponization of the Justice Department, yeah, the FBI. I mean, when 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 they have the hearings and somebody tells the FBI director that that half the country has zero faith in the institution, and he just eats gets that yep. that smile on his face makes you want to go knock that smile right off. Yeah. All right, Paul, thank you very much. I've got to go. Thank you very much for the call. Those of you on the line, wait, we will be back here in just a moment on News Talk 96.5 KPL.
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat like Mike did earlier. Uh, is Mike, Mike was talking about uh, Trump being a man who thought for himself and many people told him wrong. And Trump went with his gut and was successful. And Trump's administration did a lot of good things. And it's primarily because, one, Trump's gut on issues. Two, the fact that he had some smart people around him. But the thing is, those smart people were not the quote-unquote experts. And this is where I think a lot of Americans are really, really struggling right now. You know, when it came to Trump's administration, the experts said Trump was going to start a world war. Moving the uh, Israeli embassy to uh, to Jerusalem, going to start a a global war. Bombing that Iranian general who sponsored terrorism against Americans was going to lead to World War Three. Never happened. The experts said that. Everything Trump was doing was going to hurt the economy. The economy roared through his administration. We became energy independent. We didn't see a tremendous change in things like global warming or anything like that. Like was predicted, it was the end of the world. Anything Trump was going to do, he was told it was going to be a mistake that was going to get us into a world war or kill us all or whatever. Each and every time the experts proved wrong. And it was those people inside the bureaucracy that were proven wrong. Where Trump tripped up was COVID-19. Because it was something we had not seen before. It was something we had not experienced before. And so when you have something new, when you have something that you've never experienced before... He turned to the experts and Burks and Fauci and all these other experts in the federal health bureaucracy took advantage of that, got their 15 minutes of fame and more in Fauci's case. The country got shut down. The economy took a nosedive. And if Trump's at fault for anything, it's for letting those people be in charge too long. And ultimately, I think that was the biggest part of what hurt Trump in 2020. But when Trump, when Trump, Trump did two things that will make him one of the most memorable Republican presidents, and I don't mean because of all the drama. Trump had a deep love for the people who supported him. Trump loves his base. They asked him for something, and he delivered. He gave them the most pro-life administration that we've seen from the Republican Party. He gave them a Supreme Court with a conservative majority that overturned Roe versus Wade. He gave them a phenomenal tax cut. He did fight on issues that were important to his base. 
he has a deep love for his base. And that's one of the things that led to a lot of his successes. The other thing that led a lot of it to a lot of his successes is that for a large portion of his administration, he ignored the bureaucracy and went with new ideas. And those new ideas didn't get us killed. But that damn COVID, that's what ultimately hurt him. And there's a bunch of people still in the Republican Party at the local, state, and federal level, like Paul was mentioning in the call before the break. There are a lot of people who put that magical little R behind their name, and it's meaningless. And I think Paul raised a good point. It's a really interesting question when you think about it. Has the tent gotten too big? Big tent politics. The Democrats are closing the tent. If you believe that abortion should be limited at any point, you can't be a Democrat by the Democrat Party standards. If you believe that the trans folks are going too far, you have no place in the Democratic Party of today. If you don't believe in systemic racism, if you think that there are other means that, yes, might be holding people back, but you don't think that the system is inherently racist, you've got no place in the Democratic Party today. They are closing the tent, and it is hurting them. It is chasing away more moderate-minded, even if they are left of center, they are more moderately-minded voters, and they're looking to the Republicans and saying, in some ways, the Republicans are being a little more reasonable. But if the Republican tent gets too big, does the word Republican really mean anything anymore? I mean, for God's sake, it wasn't Democrats who killed overturning Obamacare in Congress when Trump was in power. It was Republicans. The Republican Party is filled with people who are Republican in name only. And these people are liberals in disguise or, more often than not, grifters. And that's been my issue with the political scene for a while. There is a story out today that a lot of people are making political hay of. There's a super PAC that is aligned with Ron DeSantis that is shutting down because donors are fleeing. There's something you need to know. That super PAC was being run by a guy who is a scam artist. Republican strategist John Thomas secured massive commitments from mega-donors for this PAC. That PAC is now shutting down and the donors are fleeing. They raised their money. They raised something like $100 million, and now donors are backing out. And they were in Nevada. Why do you need $100 million for Nevada? You don't. But you know what you need $100 million for? To grift donors and pay yourself. Because the Republican Party, along with being filled with rhinos who put an R behind their name and run for office, it's also filled with strategists who grift money off of good, well-meaning candidates and have nothing to show for it but a piss-poor election record and tons of money in the bank. 
the Republican Party is filled with incompetence. As in the multiple of incompetence, not incompetence like, you know, the the symptom or whatever. It's filled with incompetent people. It's one of the reasons I don't have the R behind my name. It's one of the reasons Moon doesn't have an R behind his name. So it's one of the reasons that a lot of people who are conservative don't put an R behind their last name in Louisiana. Because the people who do put the R behind their last name in many places in Louisiana are people who don't actually deserve the R behind their last name. I'm sick of conservatism losing because of grifters and scam artists. The grifters and the scam artists make millions off of those of you who donate to politicians. The difference between Democrat strategists and Republican strategists is that Democrat strategists believe in what they're doing. Republican strategists believe in the power of the dollar and more importantly, believe in making that dollar. Democrat strategists put the cause first. They find a candidate who believes the right things, who is genuine, who is earnest, and then they start raising money for that guy and then they start putting that guy's face every or girl's face everywhere and start pumping them up. A Republican strategist sees a guy with a pretty face and charisma and uses them to raise a ton of money that they can pay themselves in consulting fees and they can charge commissions for ad buys and mailers and things like that. And they just rack up commission after commission after commission after commission. And that candidate ends up spending tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, depending on where they're running. And the consultant gets a ton of money and the candidate gets about 45 votes. The only people who win in these types of situations are the consultants. This guy, John Thomas, whatever his name is, who was running this supposed super PAC that was for DeSantis, was not affiliated with the DeSantis campaign in any way. But now the media gets the opportunity to say, well, DeSantis is struggling because the super PAC backing him is backing down. Well, no, it's a damn grifter who has made tons of money for himself and he's fleeing the scene before he's caught. He's now saying he's going to be backing Trump and he's going to do the same thing there. He's going to start another super PAC, raise a bunch of money on Trump, say, oh, my God, our guy is he's being indicted. Here's his mugshot. Give me money so we can support him. And then he's going to flee the scene again. The consultant class in the Republican Party is money grubbing, corrupt. I can't finish the statement. But you know what I'm about to say, or you, you, you might be able to suspect what I'm about to stay, say. The consultant class of the Republican Party is as corrupt as it gets. Now, I have friends who are consultants, and I'm not talking about y'all. But the consultant class, the guys who are buddy-buddy behind the scenes, the guys who talk about these different strategies and how much money they're getting paid off this guy— There's a lot of them. There's a lot more of them than the earnest ones. And they have big names because they charge all this money. So they got to be good, right? They've worked for all these big campaigns and they, they raise all this money. Yeah, but look at the campaigns they've worked for. Mitt Romney, John McCain, all of these campaigns that guess what? Didn't win. The big names that worked on presidential campaigns, Mitt Romney could have won. 
Do you know why he didn't? Because the consultants paid for this project, Orca, that was supposed to be a massive get-out-the-vote effort on Election Day, and it crashed within seconds. And so the get-out-the-vote efforts, the ones that you could have had people going to the polls and voting for Mitt Romney, those people weren't reached because the consultants paid their friends and got paid by their friends massive amounts of money to build this digital system that didn't work. But hey, they still got there, so who really cares in the end? Paul talked about some of the candidates who run in North Louisiana. Moon talks about the candidates running here in South Louisiana. You know what they all have in common? Those familiar names. Whenever you hear somebody say, oh, here's so-and-so's campaign run by so-and-so, you know who that so-and-so is because they've run other campaigns. You've seen their name attached to it before. And guess what? These are guys who can raise a lot of money, and they make a ton of money, and their candidates lose. Every so often they find a candidate that wins, which looks good on the track record, so they can keep making money. They can keep charging an exorbitant amount of money. But you know what? At the end of the day, they don't care whether they win or lose as long as the check clears. And the thing is, the thing that bothers me most is that our own side doesn't care. Our Republican politicians don't care that these consultants have these massive track records of losing because what they do have, what they do have is connections and they have connections with the donors and they've raised all this money. And so the Republican politicians don't care about the track record of the consultants so long as they, you know, they raise a bunch of money and make them look good. 232-1542 is the number. Before we go to break, let's take a quick call here. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Hey, Joe, this is Randall from Jennings. Very quickly, you were talking about the Republican Party trying to make money. About once a month, I get some surveys from them. And at the end, they always want a, uh, to to be sure to count this survey, we ask that you donate money. So basically what they're saying is, I got to pay $25, $35 for my opinion to count. It's a grift. Well, what I do is I send it in, and I tell them, put on there, I don't pay any dime for my opinion to count. You can count it or not, but you're not getting a dime from me. Exactly. Great job. That's that's the right thing to do. They okay, need to learn. You. Thank you, Randall. Appreciate it. 232-1542 is the number. Let's take this last break. We'll get back. We'll finish up the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL.